0: Great Lakes and Her Story is supported by you, the listener. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash emorris. <music> Greetings and welcome again to another episode of Great Lakes and Her Story. In honor of the holiday just gone, Halloween, I present to you the tellings of the most haunted lighthouses. the Great Lakes. This information has been made possible by the cooperation of Michigan's Other Side at michigansotherside.com. Amber Rose Hammond, the staff member I was put in contact with, was super accommodating and with luck will join me in a future episode of the show. I hope things work out to do an interview regarding all that they focus on and that is a lot. Go to michigansotherside.com for more. So, given the holiday, I'm not going to bore you with the headlines. We'll save that for another episode. Without further ado, we tell her story, or their story, rather, in this case, Michigan's haunted lighthouses. We start with Wagoshants, nicknamed Wobbleshanks by those in the area, and built in 1832 as a lightship. This lighthouse is the source of legend. Its story goes back to 1851, when it was converted to an actual lighthouse. One of its employees, John Herman, was a drinker, a prankster, and eventually the man in charge of the lighthouse in 1892. The story is told of how he, in a drunken state, had locked one of his assistants in the lamp room. Feeling good about the prank, he walked away, vanishing never to be seen again. One could speculate whatever happened to him. Did he get into a boat or just fall off and drown off the edge? No one knows. Well, once the assistant got out of the lamp room, he looked everywhere. No luck. This is when the normal ends and the weird starts. Light keepers would find coal buckets filled on their own. On their own. If an employee fell asleep on duty, the chair would find itself kicked out from underneath them. Employees were starting to be hard to keep around. So as the legend states, the lighthouse at White Shoals was built to replace Wagoshants, therefore leaving the ghost, supposedly of John Herman, to walk around on his own. This, of course, is part of the legend. There was only one recorded death at the lighthouse, though. We don't have any record of whatever happened to Mr. Herman. The one death on record was that at the time of the construction in 1886, Thomas Marshall on May 28th of that year had drowned. The name Wobbleshanks had come from a newspaper article printed in 1930 when the original ghost story was told. Considering that so much of the Lighthouse history has been lost, writes Wes Olaszewski, sometimes all that we have is legend, as he writes in the book Lighthouse Adventures. The book is available on Amazon. At the time of this writing, I had ordered it, so we'll get more stories in the future from this source. According to maritime author and storyteller Frederick Stonehouse, there are two ghosts that reside there. He writes, Some nights, Thomas Marshall's cries can be heard. To find out more about this lighthouse, go to wagoshans.org. Tours can be taken, provided by Shepler Ferry Service. You can get more information from them at sheplerwww.com. Now we point our direction to Pointeau Bark. Built in 1847, located in the Thumb area of Lake Huron, not much is to be said about this one except for this. The ghost of a 1930s period cleaning lady is said to be seen by many over the years in a photo on MichiganSoutherside.com taken by author Wes Olaszewski. It is thought to be that this ghost is pulling back curtains in the living quarters. I find it hard to tell, but my vision's not the best. Research has been done to substantiate the cleaning lady's presence at the lighthouse, but nothing is found to verify this. In the book Lighthouse Adventures, on page 100, I believe this is the one that's pictured, where literally he's taking uh, a picture of the lighthouse at two different angles. One scene, it's not there. One scene, a face is. Kind of creepy. For more, go link up with the Point of Bark Historical Preservation Society at org, And that's spelled point-a-u-x-b-a-r-q-u-e-s. Now we go to Presque Isle Lighthouse. What do you do when you're married, feel isolated, and go mad? Well... You trap your wife in a tunnel under the lighthouse. That's what the operator did, according to legend, here at this lighthouse near Alpena. Another legend states the lightkeeper had a girlfriend on the other side of the island, and in order to hide his adulterous affairs and activities, he stuffed his wife in a tunnel when he would step out, as it were. He then eventually killed her. It's not really known what happened, but it is part of Presque Island's lore. Let's step over to the White River Light Station. The White River Light Station was built in 1876. William Robinson was the devoted lightkeeper for 47 years. He was eventually retired due to his age. The eldest grandson took over. William was made to leave the lighthouse, but as a, as serious as lightkeepers took their job, so did William. One story tells of how William made it abundantly clear that he would not leave the lighthouse. It is proposed that the day that he was forced to leave, as he was no longer operating the lighthouse, he would have died. Another story states he would have suffered from depression after being forced out of the lighthouse, and died shortly after. Either way, his spirit found the will to stay. The second floor is where the activity is highest. Karen McDonnell, the now-retired curator of the White River Light Station Museum for over 20 years, has admitted activity of phantom footsteps on the second floor, seeing brief images of two people looking through the second-floor windows, footsteps in the stairwell, and a blinking light in the tower. The lighthouse at Seshua yeah, I'll spell that for you, S E U L, C H. O-I-X, Sichwa, the Ellis Island. This is to be haunted by its old lightkeeper, Joseph William, nicknamed Willie Townsend. He took control of the lighthouse in 1901 and died in bed there in 1910. Visitors have stated seeing his presence, or presence of a ghost in mirrors and looking out windows. Now, if you have had any experiences at any historical Michigan or related Great Lakes sites, I would love to know all about them. Feel free to message me at everett at online. This episode is short and sweet, and for that I apologize. And I certainly hope you have enjoyed this episode. Coming up in the next episode, and that will be in honor of Thanksgiving, is a view at the ships we've sailed at the Great Lakes from the kitchen's point of view, as a salute to Thanksgiving. I'll be covering recipes of a main dish, appetizer, salad, and dessert, and yes, in time for Thanksgiving. Feel free to spread the word and drop by churchstreetstudios.online for more. Want to support the show? Drop by patreon.com forward slash emorris and support at the level that's comfortable for you. The more you support the show, the more frequently I'll record. And as of right now, I record once a month. This month we'll be seeing two shows due to, well, life getting in the way and such. So thanks again for listening. Here's hoping you had a great Halloween. And here's hoping you'll have a fantastic Thanksgiving. This show is brought to you by Church Street Studios. For more, go to churchstreetstudios.online. Yeah, it is!